black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? Well, you know, I had this big shindig planned for Easter because, you know, I like to plan holiday parties. So we had uh, painting and canvas and a wine bar for Friday night. Saturday, we're supposed to go to Dig Park, which is a park that's right outside of Katie Mills Mall. So the kids can get on these tractors and excavators to, you know, play with these big, you know, machines. And then we went to Candytopia after that. And then that night we were supposed to do the photo shoot. Sunday we go to church. And then that evening I had catered brunch um, along with this bouncy house as well as a foam pit in the backyard and potato sack races, egg race. Easter egg hunt, you know, it's going down, right? And then a whole, you know, an open bar. Well, my plans had to change, you know. You tell God your plans and he will laugh at you. And that is what he did this weekend. So my mama ended up testing positive for COVID-19 on Wednesday, okay? So early Wednesday, um, she tested positive. The night, the day before she called and said, hey, feeling too well. I have a migraine. Are you going to come home early today? I said, well, I can. She called me like 4 p.m. So I go home and she said, I just need to lay down. She went upstairs and lay down and didn't come back down until the next morning. And she said, and she didn't come down. She called and said, I feel a lot better. I said, oh, did you take that COVID test I sent you? And she said, you know, remember I have migraines. This is just a migraine, right? Needless to say, she had taken the COVID test at 4 a.m. I said, send me the picture. She sent me a picture and it had just ever so faintest line on the test area. She said, oh, that's negative. I said, no, it's not. I see a line. You know, it's like a pregnancy test. If you have any faint line, you're pregnant. So she said, no, that test is like four hours old. So I threw another one over the banister so she can take it again. And the second one, Janine, was definitely positive. So I said, um, yeah, um, are you feeling Okay, today? She said, I don't have any symptoms. I said, okay, well, pack your bags. Go to Doritor and quarantine there. I'm going to take the kids out of the house. And yeah, we'll be back. So I took the kids out of the house. I had my sister's kids at that time. And she came back. I brought the kids to the backyard. I sprayed the whole house down and then let everybody back in the house. After she was gone, everything was basically fumigated. So going into Saturday morning, Harrison ended up having a 102-degree fever. And mind you, everybody that had come in town, my in-laws and my uncles, were there Friday night for the wine, canvas, and food, right? 
So he gets a fever. We take him at five in the morning to the hospital. I'm not going to even talk about my experience there because it was awful. Um, and I have privileges at this hospital, so it really pissed me off. But, um, and he, you know, at that time they were like, oh, well, he probably doesn't have COVID because you've been testing him. He's been negative. And I had, I've been testing him all week. So we did a rapid test on him at home because it was taking so long to get their test back. And the rapid test was positive. And then a couple of hours later, we got the hospital test that was also positive. So at that point, we basically shut down everything. I mean, everybody else went to the dig world. Everybody else went to Candytopia without us because they're obviously in Airbnbs not staying with us. And everybody else went to the photo shoot that I paid for on the lake and took pictures um, without us. And then um, for Easter, I canceled the bouncy house and the phone party because you can't have COVID going through phone girl. And um, we basically just had, we already paid for the catering. So we basically, I basically shipped half of the catering to my in-laws, Airbnb, and then we had half at our house for the remain us remaining, and we're wearing masks all around the house. Um, so it's been an interesting, very interesting weekend, needless to say. So, Janine, how was your Easter? How was your week? Um, my week was interesting, as it normally is. Not interesting in a bad way, though. I I feel like I use interesting interchangeably with crazy so not interesting in a bad way I would like to specify that so Easter was actually fun so this is the first time since the pandemic that I've gotten a chance to see like my aunts and uncles together on my dad's side my dad has literally been staying in the house like I honestly don't think outside of doctor's appointments my father has been out of the house since the beginning of the pandemic. I can't really think of anything that he's done that has not been, you know, a doctor's appointment or something of necessity. So this week, I asked my father, and I thought that he was going to say, no, I'm going to stay home because much like you just said, the pandemic is still here. And he is very cognizant of that because, you know, at his age, it's nothing to play with, right? And with his health condition. So yeah, it's nothing to play with. So this weekend, my Aunt Beverly and my Aunt Murphy, my dad, and my Uncle Jokey um, all were able to come together. They finally got a chance to spend time with one another and spend time with their children and grandchildren. So it was fun. I'll have to post a picture because we did actually take a family picture, which we rarely, rarely do. But we took a family picture and I will have to post it because it was kind of cute. So... We had fun, and of course, the food was amazing. Now, we didn't have a big shindig and, like, painting and, like, wine tasting and, like, you know, bouncy house and fancy stuff. So we didn't have that, but we had some amazing food. And I ate like I hadn't eaten since the beginning of the pandemic. And Lord knows that when I woke up this morning, I was feeling it like I had eaten Thanksgiving. But it was Easter. So, but it was fun. And then... This morning, I got up at the crack of dawn, and by the crack of dawn, I mean, like, as if you were delivering a baby crack of dawn, Nicole. Like, I got up so early that the light, the street lights were still flashing. You know, the red, the you know, the traffic lights, they were still flashing yellow because at that time of morning, the traffic lights don't even want to work, right? So, but it was for something good, right? So... 
my job had the opportunity to have an activation at the White House for the annual Easter egg roll. And it was so much fun. Now, granted, it was super early in the morning and I'm not the biggest morning person, but it was super early in the morning and it rained a lot um, and it was a little cold. But the looks on these children's faces and the excitement when they saw these like characters or saw the president and first lady and the excitement of these kids' faces when they could dribble a basketball, dribble a soccer ball is the first one, pass a football and these little activations was just priceless. Like these kids just enjoyed themselves so much today. Rain, no rain, cold. I mean, you're talking kids that were in their Sunday's best, shivering, but just having so much fun. So it was so, so worth it. Um, it was it was the cutest thing. Literally, I think that the White House Easter egg roll is something that like should never go away. Um, every time I see it, I'm like, oh, just it's one of those like heartwarming things that happens. So I'm glad it's back because it was gone for the pandemic. Well, I'm glad it's back too. It's 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 nice that things are getting back to what they were pre-pandemic but um I, I don't think this pandemic I think we about to be a pandemic 2.0 I think so too and I literally thought about that this morning you're about to be around thousands of children children before the pandemic bred germs they're literally germ pools right and I have gone through 2020 and 2021 and almost half 2022 without COVID. And I am not trying to catch it now. And the only thing that I could remember, like I said that to myself, but the only thing that I could remember is how terrible I felt after the incident that I had at the beginning of the year, end of last year, beginning of this year, that landed me in the hospital. And I said, nope, take the time, run upstairs, get your mask. And you know what? I was the only one out of my entire staff that had a mask on all day. And I was very, very particular to make sure that I kept that mask on because as much as I love the kitties and love running around with the kitties and love the smiles and the giggles and all of that, I also love not having COVID. Just saying. Well, as somebody that probably does have COVID at, at this point since my, you know, toddler has COVID, I understand or maybe I don't have it because I'm vaccinated. Maybe that's why I feel all right. But I understand. I understand. And we are not claiming COVID, Nicole. We are not claiming COVID. We have gotten through this pandemic, 2020, 2021, and 2022, and we're not claiming COVID. Well, my son has it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna claim it for myself. I'm gonna continue to wear my little mask while I'm with them. And you are right. Perhaps I will not get infected with the COVID and I'll continue to feel good. Amen. All right, Janine. So what is on your timeline today? Okay, Nicole. So this week we're going to the Hotlanta. Okay, not really. But on Friday, former Atlanta mayor, now CNN political commentator Keisha Lance Bottoms tweeted the following. She said, I was just turned away at Capitol Grill at Perimeter Mall because I have on leggings. Now, Keisha Lance Bottoms made a 
follow-up tweet that said, odd that a restaurant in a mall parking lot turns away customers in mall attire. Asked if I could just sit at the bar and was told no. Rules are rules. Just wonder if the woman who came in immediately after me, who I did not see come back out, was also denied service. Now, from that tweet, we can make the assumption that this woman probably was dressed similarly to former mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. And we can also make the inference from this second tweet that she made that this woman probably did not share the same melanin that former mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has. Just a thought. That's my inference, what I made. So, immediately people began to express their frustrations with both the experience that she had and her, surprisingly. So, per usual, Twitter said, it's a debate. And for the most part, where people stood on this subject kind of fell along, as we, as it usually does, both political and racial lines. That's the new thing. Like, if we're going to have a debate in the United States, it has to somehow fall along political or racial lines. I don't think that we can have a basic discussion even these days without it falling along political or racial lines. But I digress. So there was a reporter, Kristen Holloway, who is a reporter in Atlanta and also one of former mayors, uh, the former mayor's sorors replied with a screenshot of the dress code, which I actually tweeted as well with the, a screenshot of the dress code and then said, I know that it's frustrating, but they do have a polite notice on their website at the bottom asking guests not to wear gym attire or sweatpants. Hopefully they're enforcing it with all guests and not picking and choosing. So, People speculated as to why she was turned away. Some said it was literally because of her attire, which anyone with a morsel of a brain knows that that is absolutely not the case. Otherwise, this brilliant, intelligent woman who ran a city, one of the largest cities in the United States, probably wouldn't have even made mention of it on her Twitter, but I digress. Others said... They pointed out her political affiliation, saying maybe they didn't care for her political affiliation, so that's why she was turned away, which still wrong, but more acceptable than probably the real cause. So it's Atlanta, and not for nothing, while all of Georgia is red, Atlanta is pretty blue, okay? So the fact that they're pointing to her political affiliation is a little odd to me, but again, could possibly be, but seriously doubt it. The majority of the responses, which I was one of them, pointed to the more obvious, seemingly only, only excuse to me. And this one points to the fact that the logical explanation is that she was turned away because she's black. So everybody likes to say that we've had an episode about us pulling the race card, right? Everybody likes to say, oh, yeah, I want to pull the race card every time something doesn't go your way. No, that's not the case. And that's not what this is. And actor Daniel Newman 
who was in like Walking Dead, Vampire Diaries, Homeland, Sex in the City, and some other things, hit the nail on the head when he tweeted, Black Democratic Mayor of Atlanta, in parentheses, my friend Keisha Lance Bottoms, was refused service at Capitol Grill, and he tagged them, as did Mayor Bottoms, or former Mayor Bottoms. But white folk in gym clothes and T-shirts are totally fine at Capitol Grill. Let me remind you that Daniel Newman is also white. He saw it. He called the spade a spade. People didn't like it, but who cares? When you tell the truth, people don't have to like it. So he followed up by saying he had previously dined at that very same restaurant, same location, wearing a tank, T-shirt, and gym shorts. But I thought that our dress code said that we can't wear gym clothes. So does that not include T-shirt and gym shorts? That's just a question asking for myself, not even a friend, asking personally. So people began to post images of diners of Capitol Grill all over the country wearing things that clearly went against the dress code. I posted some myself. There were some older men that were wearing some, they were older, like my dad's age, older Caucasian men, that were wearing some, not really sure actually what the kind of clothes were, but they weren't of the pristine nature that Capitol Grill is trying to portray that all of their guests live up to. So there were also some girls that, you know, I hate to say that that people dress like streetwalkers, but if I had to pick a streetwalker out of a lineup, I feel like those girls would have possibly been picked. And there were some other people who were wearing like literal, actual, you know, those sports bra, legging sets, sitting at the bar, chilling, having a drink. And I don't know anything else that you wear a sports bra for as a top other than to work out. People started posting pictures of all these different examples of how people were serviced and didn't abide by the dress code. Personally, I've been to Capitol Grill a couple of times before with clothes on that are much more casual and less appropriate according to their dress code than leggings and wasn't turned away. Now, disclaimer, when this happened, I was at a Capitol Grill that's up here. And I would venture to say that up here, things, while we still have that kind of like racism, they're, it's not as blatant. So people will give you the racism, but they're not going to give it to you like that because they don't want the backlash. And oftentimes people are a little leery because they're not sure who you are, or who you're connected with. So I will give that disclaimer now. I will also say that I have been to Capitol Grill up here where I was with a larger group and I feel like the majority of the group was African-American and one member of our group had on sneakers, Alexander McQueen sneakers, sneakers nonetheless, right? And they did not deny us service, but they did make, a, make us sit in a front section away kind of from everyone else. They did serve us, but they almost isolated us. I've seen both sides. But the issue that I have with this, right, is that even in my experience, the consistency is not there. I share my personal experience for two reasons. One, because 
The dress code is clearly more of a suggestion, not a rule that is to be enforced. Even the way that it's worded, it's worded like a suggestion. And number two, to show that the rule is so ambiguous that it clearly leaves things to interpretation. And that's problematic, especially when you're running a chain. Someone made a joke saying that the Georgia governor was probably the reason why the former mayor got turned away. I think that was amusing because we know they don't really care for each other. We have to be honest with ourselves. We know that as black women, this is nothing new. We all know that racism and prejudice are part of our everyday lives. And the best thing that has happened, I feel like, is the invention of a smartphone and social media. Because now, every little thing can be caught on camera. And there's very little that's not posted on social. So we are now, as black people, specifically black women, able to provide the evidence that white people so often desperately need us to prove. And I, I say this so like slow and drawn out, not because I'm hesitating with my words, but more because it's frustrating. And every time I think of an instance like this, it frustrates me that we still in 2022 are trying to prove to white people that there are other white people who are racist. The need that some Caucasians have for us to give proof is what always just baffles me. Along with their unwillingness to like face the music, that idea that we have to prove something is literally the definition of white privilege. I tweeted this and I, I feel like perfectly explained how I feel. It almost feels like there are certain white people that wear this veil of privilege and it shields them against truth, logic, and it continues to help promote and perpetuate willful ignorance. This whole idea about abiding by the rules, yep, yeah, mm -hmm, we're going to abide by the rules. If everybody is going to abide by the rules, and if everyone does not have to abide by the rules, I would like us to remember that those are just suggestions. Those are not rules because rules, they apply to everyone, right? So one last thing. Capitol Grill is owned by Darden, right? And they also own things like Olive Garden, Longhorn, Seasons 52, which is actually one of my favorite restaurants. Maybe not so much now, but, and they own some other restaurants. But they specifically boast that they have an inviting atmosphere. That was my moment of silence for their inviting atmosphere. What do you think, Nicole? Well, you know, while you were talking, I was sitting here going through Instagram and just looking at the Capitol Grill in the state of Texas. So, you know, there's Capitol Grill in, in, at the city center um, in Houston. And I thought to myself, man, it's a lot of people with leggings on. And, and I say that because I love leggings. I love leggings. I like leather leggings. I like black leggings. I like red leggings. I like pink leggings. And you can dress them up. Leggings are so versatile. So I can put a pair of pumps on with a shirt and a blazer and look jazzy. I can put a pair of flats on and 
look like I'm business casual. So it, or I can dress all the way down and wear a pair of gray leggings and a t-shirt with tennis shoes. So I think for me, the fact that she was turned away because of leggings is like, uh, it's like 80% of women in America wear leggings like every day. <laughs> so what are you talking about? So it almost, I almost wanted to see like, what did she have on? So I'm like Googling like her attire for that day. And you, you can't find anything. So I'm wondering like, did she have on some leggings that had like a hole in the middle of the butt and a t-shirt that was too revealing? I don't know what could have got her turned around um, from this restaurant. I just, I just can't think. And if it's just the leggings, but the top was appropriate and the shoes were appropriate, then how'd they get a turnout? Because some of the stuff that people have on posted and tagged the the Capitol Grill, I mean, they have on dresses, but they look in some raunchy, slutty, you know, two-piece dress, stomach all hanging out. Come on now. Like, how are you enforcing the dress code? So we knew that that was definitely a stab at either somebody didn't like her politically and they were like, I work here and I'm, you know, low on the totem pole, but I'm going to show her and turn her away. Or if someone just didn't know who she was and said, okay, well, I was told to enforce a dress code. So I'm going to turn everybody away that doesn't have on at least, you know, dress pants or anything that I think looks like gym attire. But it's hard for me to think that whoever turned her away didn't know who she was. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't get a pass. She should get a pass because of who she is. But let's be real. She should get a pass because of who she is. I mean, she was the mayor of Atlanta. Um, you can't say you did. You don't know who she was. I've never lived in Atlanta a day in my life. And because of how nationally renowned she is at this point, you know who she is. <laughs> you, you know who she is. And it's a privilege to be in her presence. So the fact that you are in her city turning her away is really funny to me. They can't, you can't make the excuse you didn't know who she was. I'm just saying. I agree. And that was actually a really good idea, Nicole. So I just went and looked at Capital Grill here. And I'm literally looking at a young lady. You can see her. She has on white leggings, which we all know. Now, granted, she does look nice in them, so let me not not dog her. But we all know that white leggings are hard to pull off, right? She has on white leggings. She has on a pair of dunks. And she also has on a ski vest. And I use the term ski vest very deliberately because that would constitute gym clothes, right? Athletic attire, skiing would be athletic. Just asking because I think that the sneakers along with the leggings and the vest, I think that that would be considered gym attire. And then also, I've flipped through a number of images of people with jeans that have giant holes in them. So is are holy jeans more appropriate somehow than leggings? I'm confused. You got to realize, they didn't say you can't wear holy jeans. It just says gym attire. You know, it doesn't say anything about holy jeans specifically, so they can't turn people away because because of that, because it doesn't list that. Okay, well, I also looked at a whole thing of men sitting with either Patagonia jackets on or the North Face jackets on, and both of those, if I am not mistaken, are athletic attire, correct? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, again, 
my thing is not about, you know, if, if there was an alternate reason other than racism, sure, tell me what it is and make it make sense. And not to your logic, make it make sense to my logic, right? But my bigger point is that if you are going to have rules that you are going to ask your employees to enforce. Now, I don't know that this was a, a thing that Capital Grill asked them to enforce, but I would assume so because we haven't heard anything about an employee getting fired. If you're asking your employees to enforce something like this, how about you make the rule consistent across the board? What is the rule? Make very specific details. What is considered gym attire? Well, I was waiting for Capital Grill to put out some type of statement. I mean, was it just me? Because I'm like, where's the, where's the statement? You know, surely they're apologizing because they're mayor. You know, she was just mayor two shakes of a second ago. You know, you're Literally. putting the former mayor, the immediate past mayor out. Ooh, that's sort of, that's sort of cold, you know. She still has some connections, I'm sure, with people that inspect your restaurant, people that allow your restaurant to get permits. You know, I'm sure she has some connections still. So, hmm. It's interesting. I'm waiting for the, the I know it's going to come out. Some statement has to come out of this. And can I just ask one last thing? And I know this is very random and probably irrelevant, but what's more appropriate leggings or having half of your tatas out? I, I'm asking for Janine, not even a friend. I'm not asking for a friend. I really want to know what is considered more appropriate for me to have everything exposed except my nipples or for me to have on a pair of leggings. I'm just curious. That's rhetorical. And you know the answer to that. I mean, like I said, some people have on slut attire in the Capitol Grill. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, I said it. And that's my point. So again, it's okay for me to wear pasties at the Capitol Grill, but it's not okay for me to wear leggings. What kind of standards are we really setting here, Capitol Grill? Well, we'll see what Capitol Grill has to say. Because they got to say something, right? They can't. They got to say something. You, and if they don't, that speaks volumes it really does because it means that we support our employee and they were doing what we told them to do but they're gonna lose a lot of business over this one because 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 black people like to eat we like to go out for our birthdays and anniversaries we like to take pictures of the cosmos and things like that we get uh, we like to take pictures of that that plate that have happy birthday we go we like to take pictures so they're gonna lose a lot of business dealing with this one if they don't make a statement you can count janine out all right, so Janine, you want to help our listeners uh, talk through some of these letters, why don't we? Let's do it. All right, so the first letter says, Nicole and Janine, I am sick and tired of the double standards I've experienced at work. I work as an investment banker, so I have to be in business attire most of the time. Last week, we had an office social at the country club. I wore slacks and a blazer with a pair of black pumps. My boss passively mentioned that I was more casual than expected, quote unquote. However, I assumed it was going to be a more laid back rather than the situation turning into a strategy meeting. Meanwhile, nothing was mentioned to my colleague, Tim, who wore jeans with a blazer, or Caitlin, who basically wore a sundress with open toe sandals. Of course, they were both Caucasian. If he didn't make his comment in front of everyone, it probably wouldn't have bothered me. But he said nothing as the two of them pranced into the meeting. My investment accounts 
have brought the most revenue this quarter, so I know that I'm up for promotion. In the meantime, what advice would you give me to, quote, play the game and not feel forced to walk away? Signed, Devin. Okay, so I have a question. Can we go back to the beginning of the letter when it says, the bo- what, what did the boss exactly say? Said, uh, mentioned that she was, quote, more casual than expected, end quote. Okay, so I can take this two ways, right? So I have found that oftentimes we as African-Americans, well, I mean, it's not found. It's not a new discovery, Janine. Why are you acting like that? But like I've, I have come to realize that we set standards and trends and we can dress because that's just a thing, right? Like it's kind of like inherent in our nature. Like we have rhythm and we can dress, right? Um, So it could be, and I'm going to, you know, take the high road here. It could be that the comment was said and kind of said in a odd manner, but he could have just said like, you know, basically I'm used to seeing you dressed to the nines, right? So it doesn't sound like a blazer and slacks and a pair of pumps sounds dressed down to me. I'm assuming that it's because you're used to wearing suits to work on a regular basis, right? But a blazer and slacks and pumps don't sound dressed down to me. Like if I wore a blazer, slacks, and pumps to work, I would be considered dressed up. But I also work in a business casual environment, right? Let's try to take it from he's maybe just shocked that you're not wearing your normal $10,000 suit. You're, you're an investment banker, right? Isn't Devin an investment banker? Yeah. So, girl, you probably walking around in the $10,000, $20,000, maybe even more than that suit. So, slacks and a blazer is kind of a downplay probably for you. So, I'm going to take it like that and hope that he's not racist. Maybe, you know, maybe your coworkers don't really dress the same way that you dress. So, seeing them in a sundress in a pair of jeans with a blazer might just be an average day for them. Just saying. Like, I don't know. That's how I feel. You know, we always tend to dress a little bit different and more noticeable. I just, I would like to think that in 2022, I'm just going to think the best of your boss. You probably have way more that you could tell me about this person, but I probably don't want to hear about it. We're just going to think the best. We're going to think the best, Nicole. We're going to think that the boss is saying this because he's used to seeing Devin dressed to the nines. What do you think, Nicole? Now, I would agree. Now, I would assume if he says, man, you're more casual than expected. You know, I am one that will play stuff off. You know, I would say something like, you know, well, I do have a fun side. You know, I would have said something like that. Since we are having drinks, we're at the country club, even though we're strategizing, you still seem a little business, but you probably are dressed down a little bit more. So you, I would agree with Janine, you probably are outdressing everyone because that's what we do as black women. We outdress everyone. So when we come in jeans and everybody else is in jeans, they're like, oh, you have your own jeans? You know, oh my God. So that's what I would take it as. But if something comes up in your review for promotion, because you said you're outperforming everybody. And somebody mentions a lack of professionalism or your attire, then that's when I would be pissed, right? I would be looking for another job 
and I will be walking away. But until then, until, unless somebody really puts that formally in a review or an evaluation, I would uh, assume that he's not talking bad about you. And I would move on. I would, I would move on. And let me say this. Uh, for some reason, Caucasian people think a sundress is dressing up, y'all. I'm not lying. They think that that's dressing up. We know that's not dressing up. But they think it's dressing up. So I just want to throw that little, little comment out there. I just don't think sundresses are for work, personally. I, I would agree. All right, Janine. So what's your letter read? Okay, so my letter is about work, too. Apparently, people are having a lot of problems with the job. So this one says, I work at a major clothing company that has various different price points. You can probably guess which one, but you can fill in the blank on your own. My best friend and I went on a last minute mini vacation in Texas and we decided to wing it. So we didn't really pack much. We went to our store location in Texas to grab a few pieces and, you know, use the employee discount. Well, they let my best friend use her discount. She checked out and went to grab us some pretzels. And then when I went to check out, they claimed that I could not use my employee discount because they could not verify that I was an employee because I worked at an out-of-state store. Now, my best friend works at the same store, has the same employee discount card, and has not been working at the store as long as I have, and I'm her freaking manager. Yet, the only difference is my best friend is white. My best friend offered to buy the things that I wanted on her discount card, but I refuse. She doesn't understand why I refuse, but it's just the principle. How can I help her understand? And it wasn't signed. So I don't know if she's going to be able to make her understand, but I would explain to her that, hey, I was told that I couldn't use this because I'm an out-of-state employee. You're the same out-of-state employee as I am. And you're my inferior. Okay. I would break it down and say, why would I give this company my money? That would be enough for me to start looking for another job. And I know our listeners will be like, dang, these girls be telling people to go look for another job. Like it's easy to find another job. It's easy to find another job. Okay. And I understand that didn't happen at her store, but I would definitely report it. Since you are a manager in that system, I would report her and say, hey, this is what happened. I wasn't able to use my discount, so I did not buy the clothes from this store. But my friend who works at the same store, who's been there a less time than me, and who is Caucasian, was allowed to use her discount. And so I feel as if I was discriminated against. I would put it out there, and I would put a complaint in, and I would let them deal with that situation. That's how I would handle it. But I would definitely break it down to my friend and say, okay, so if you were me and you were my boss and you weren't allowed to use your employee discount and I was allowed to use my employee discount, wouldn't you think, and not even race, wouldn't you think that you were being treated unfairly? You have to use the words unfairly to people. You, you can't use the word racist or discriminatory. Don't you think that's not fair? I mean, that's pretty much the only thing you can do. You say, don't you think this is not fair? And then you say, well, why do you think you were allowed 
to use your employee discount, but I wasn't allowed to use it. What's the difference between us? Why why do you think you weren't questioning I was? Did they verify your employment? Did they call the main location we work at to verify you and I missed that? Or could they not verify either one of our employments? I would literally simplify it and break it all the way down like that. I wouldn't even say racist. I would let her come to the conclusion that, hey, you weren't being treated fairly. Let her call it what she wants. At least she knows it's not fair. Okay, that's what that's what Caucasian people need to know, whether it's fair or not. Okay, you can't say racist because that makes people offense, offended. Okay, but the question is, was it equitable? Was it fair? Okay, that's the approach I would use with the friend. So I will say this. I agree with the don't go run into your best friend saying, oh, it was racist. Because if she's not understanding it now, that's just going to make it all just that much more complicated tell your friend yes it's not fair and just lay it out i mean people even if you have to write it out for her like this is the this, these are my credentials these are your credentials what's the difference and if the only thing left is race she'll get the picture she's your best friend she's not a racist she probably understands it's probably not that she doesn't understand it's probably that she doesn't really want to talk about it because it's awkward right like you know how we get when it's a black person that's doing something that's embarrassing us. We don't really want to talk about it. We just kind of want it to go away. That's probably how she feels. But I will say this, Nicole. This is one time I know we tell people, quit your job. But I'm not going to say quit your job in this instance. Instead, I'm going to say, I'm going to take this route. Report them. Report them and suggest ways to make it better. Who knows? You might be the head of diversity and inclusion next year. You might be able to use this example and teach people why this is not okay and what they can do so that this is a teaching moment to elevate your company, right? I'm not mad in elevating yourself in your company's pain points. They have a pain point. You have a solution. Sounds like a perfect match to me. Use this as an opportunity to elevate yourself in the company. Now, if that is not a, if there's no chance that that's going to happen, then I'm with Nicole. Girl, it's a, a bunch of retail out here. Go be a manager somewhere else. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? So Darden that I mentioned earlier, if you recall, the people who own the Capital Grill, um, has 1,800 restaurants in the United States and 160,000 employees. And I say that to say is out of 160,000 employees and 1,800 restaurants, the least that they could do is offer up some kind of apology and make good to the former mayor. What did you learn this week, Nicole? Oh, they're making some bank. That's all I have to say. 18. Oh, Lord. Okay. Oh, they got big time money. So uh, what I learned was a couple things. Well, really one thing that I learned and then uh, something that's just annoying that I'll share. So Ruben A. Buford uh, May, who's an author of Urban Nightlife, Entertaining Race, Class, and Culture in Public Spaces, noted that dress codes became popular back in the 1970s as business owners attempted 
to bar black customers in ways that couldn't be defined as segregation. So that's the thing that took over segregation, the dress, the popularity of the enforcement of the dress code. So I'll throw that out there. And the second thing that I wanted to mention was just something that's annoying to me. All inclusive uh, resorts have dress codes at the at their um, you know buffets, and most of the dress codes include that you have to have bottoms on. Now you can come just from the beach. The uh, you know buffet is just right there by the beach, but you gotta go all the way to your room and put on not just a coverall because it can't be a dress coverall. It has to be bottoms, separate top and bottom. And I just thought that was so stupid. I myself have been turned away thinking I got a coverall on, but the coverall, you know, covers just your bottom. And they're like, you know, you have to put on like actual bottoms to come here. And we, there's a dress code that's enforced. And I'm thinking to myself, really? With the person that has on the see-through bottoms with the, with the bra, with the, you know, bikini bra, they can sit out here, but me... With my bathing suit on and my coverall top on that goes below my butt is out of dress code, but okay. I just think that's silly. I think it's annoying, but it's been every all-inclusive I've been to in the Caribbean. They need to do away with that, but I digress. I agree. That is annoying. I, and the, the interesting part is the only place that I've ever been denied service for my attire, which it wasn't even for my attire with somebody at my party, was Jay-Z's 4040 Club. Really? Huh. Mm-hmm. Yep, they wouldn't let anyone in. Well, I take this back. They said no um, work boots, and one member of my party had on work boots, which they weren't work boots. They were actually Timberland boots, but you get the point. And the offer was we could stay if he paid $500. Yeah, that's that, they should be ashamed of that. That's crazy. That means you don't have a dress code. You're just trying to get money off people. And that's not even the restaurant trying to get money. It's the person at the door trying to make extra cash. That's a shame. So, no, I don't think I've ever been turned away. I've been, at like, told that, like, hey, this is the dress code before. But I don't think I've ever actually been turned away from it. I tend to stay pretty decently covered, I guess. Who knows? Well, don't go nowhere with those leggings on, girl. Just saying. Let me tell you, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to sit in the house until I buy some new clothes. Because you know, during the pandemic, I think that the majority of my clothes, my pants, the majority of them are leggings. Mine too. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So, are we ready for the motivational moment? Yes, we are. And it says, "Be comfortable in your own skin, regardless of the dress code. You, as a black woman, set the tone of the event." We command attention, so continue to rock whatever you want, however you want. If others don't like it, whether that's at work or other social settings, move on. Someone else will love it and your style too. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. 
You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media Production.